Hey y'all, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Um, I want you guys to know that it may be a little choppy because I did have to edit it because it was from a live that I did in my private Facebook group, Get Your Bliss, which you can go and join at joingetyourbliss.today. So I hope this is still helpful despite the editing and you can always support me at patreon.com slash get your bliss so that I can improve the quality of this podcast for you guys. I love you so much. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Get Your Bliss with the Hedonistic Heathen, a podcast where we can break down religious barriers that stand between us and our pleasure. I am an intimacy doula and erotic writer, and I use those things to guide you into improved sexual spiritual health so that you too can get your bliss. Let's get into this episode. I wanted to call this the breakup because of the relationship that we often have with trauma and how hard it is to end that relationship with trauma because we get used to being in it. We think it um, is normal that everybody must be living like this and all that kind of stuff. So you really have to seriously break up with trauma or else it will just hang on forever dragging you down and keeping you from being the best version of yourself and and keeping you from your bliss. So that's why it's called the breakup. Now I want to tell you about a vision that I had. Oh my gosh, like in 2012 or something like that. Um, Because I was in, I was meditating because I do have a meditation practice. So I was meditating one night and I had this vision that I, and I could see myself locked in a cage. And so I'm looking out of the cage and I see myself. So I'm basically, I'm staring at myself. One version of me is locked up. The other version of me is free. So free me walks to cage to me and sticks her hand through the bars with the key. And so I can literally free myself, essentially. And I, I just looked at her like, is it like you want me to let myself out? Surely I, it, I can't just unlock myself and come out there where you are in the free world. And so um, I'm standing there having this vision of me, two versions of me staring at each other and y'all, I did not take the key. I stayed locked up. And from that vision all the way until about 2014-ish, I was locked up like in the in in my own trauma. So I did not take the key to free myself. And I told you guys that because we what we need to free ourselves, we have it in us we have to take the key use it open the bars and walk out but sometimes the fear of freedom keeps us locked up 
That's why I didn't unlock myself. I stood there and said, I don't know what's out there. Because I hadn't been free in so long. I I didn't I didn't know. I, it was just too much. But I knew trauma. I was familiar with that. I knew what to expect. And so I did not free myself. So my my relationship with trauma is complicated, such as all relationships with trauma. I gave trauma everything that it needed to thrive in my life. I I gave it, I fed it my pain. I, at nighttime, I wrapped it up with my shame and my guilt and my fear. I mean, I was making it real cozy for, for trauma to stay with me. And there was no reason for trauma to leave when I was making it so easy. And in return, trauma just gave me the same thing back. It gave me more shame, more guilt, more um, pain, and more fear. So I was definitely in this unhealthy relationship with my traumas that I had experienced through my um, abortion, my miscarriage, my rapes, and a plethora of other things. But tonight we're going to be talking about those things because often people don't think about um, abortion as being a sexual trauma or a miscarriage being a sexual trauma. When you think sexual trauma, you, you kind of automatically think rape. You kind of automatically think um, molestation and those types of things. But abortions and miscarriages are also sexual traumas. Um, and with all of these, all three of these traumas, abortion, rape, sexual assault, you um, you don't you don't trust your heart in relationships. So you are traumatized in that aspect, and your heart is connected to how you view sex, sexuality, and intimacy. So you don't trust your heart. You don't trust your body after. Um, sexual assault, rape, and miscarriage, and you don't trust yourself to just be safe living as a woman, right? So um, I'm going to start with my, I guess I'll start with my miscarriage and move backwards. So I have four children and my youngest is, a, is my daughter. She's four. But in between my daughter and my youngest son, there was another baby, and that's the baby that I miscarried. So, early in the pregnancy with my daughter, I was having a little trouble, and my my trauma response kicked in because I was like, something's wrong with me. My body doesn't work. I can't handle another miscarriage, right? Because I really thought there was something wrong with me. That was my trauma response because between my miscarriage and my daughter was five years but I did not trust my body. The, as a matter of fact, the moment that I found out I was pregnant with her, I got scared because I did not trust my body because I had been through a miscarriage before. Um, and of course, I blamed myself for the miscarriage. And um, when I was having issues at the beginning of my pregnancy with my daughter, I blamed myself as well. It just didn't dawn on me 
at the time that because I am um, RH negative, yeah, RH negative, that that could cause me cause my body to miscarry because basically when you're RH negative and you get pregnant, your body thinks it's a foreign object and it tries to kill it. It tries to kill the baby. But did I think about that? No, I just instantly thought, oh my gosh. The trauma is back. I don't trust my body. My body is broken. It don't work. So, yeah, that was my trauma with that. And with my miscarriage, um, I I was so careful with my pregnancy because of my miscarriage. I mean, I was watching everything like a hawk. And um, I was trying to take it easy. And then towards the end of the pregnancy, I start having problems again and thought, Again, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it. My body is like broken. It's malfunctioned. It's a mutant body. Um, but really, it's not. It's just at the end of my pregnancy because I had already had three previous C-sections. It's just my baby was growing and pressing on the scarring from the other C-sections, which was causing me so much pain. Like I was on bed rest. My mama had to come take care of me and everything. So, but the trauma was still there. Like when I, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I didn't know if I even wanted to tell, um, her dad, who is my ex-husband now. I didn't even know if I wanted to tell him because I didn't know if I was going to make it past, you know, three months, which is considered, you know, if you make it three months, it's considered safer. Um, and you can start telling people. So when, Somebody pops up and like, I'm pregnant, and you say, how far? And they're like, oh, about four months. Four months, don't take it personally. It's just, you know, they feel like they're in that safe zone now. It's not that they were trying to keep secrets. It's just they may have trying to keep their sanity because a lot of times miscarriages happen in that first trimester. Um, and so with my, with, with the miscarriage, I was traumatized because I was alone because the the father of that child did not show up for me. I um I was pregnant when I found out I was pregnant, I was also miscarrying because I did not know I was pregnant. I had gotten my period that month and then I was having this really like two weeks later I was in so much pain. I was like I felt constipated. I thought I just had to, you know, go to the to the bathroom. That was not working and I went in to, I went to the finally went to the bathroom just to pee and there was all this blood and I went to the hospital. I called him and I said, There is something going on. I'm going to the hospital and I think I might be pregnant. I don't know, because I mean I had my period, but he did not show up for me, y'all. It was just like, oh. So there was some more trauma. But I didn't have time to think about that. But fortunately, I have friends who were there for me. My best friend, um, if y'all want to say hey, because I am going to say y'all's names, <laughs> my best friend Kiana, she she took care of my two boys, and we've been friends long enough that she knows me real well, and um, if I don't share it right away, she don't pressure me to share, and so all I had to do was call her up. I was like, hey. Um, something's going on with me. Um, they're admitting me to the hospital because they did end up admitting me. And, um, I need you to watch the boys. And she was like, okay. And that was it. That was done because she didn't know 
that I was pregnant. And then um, my other best friend, Monique, she lived in um, Pearland at the time, and she did want to come see about me. But the circumstances wouldn't allow for that, so she stayed on the phone with me instead. And then my other best friend, um, Carla, she's not in the group. She was um, in North Carolina at the time, and she also stayed on the phone. So Monique and Carla took literally, y'all, took shifts holding um, holding their phones talking to me. They, they rotated out so that I was never completely alone. About taking out my tubes and giving me hysterectomies, and I'm just up there like, whoa, what? Wait, so I'm pregnant, I'm miscarrying, and y'all want to take all, all my insides? This is too much. Y'all, I thought I was going, going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because it was a lot, and I was traumatized, and um, I couldn't tell anybody. Nobody knew except for Carla and Monique and the father, so it was... It was just a lot to carry. And then um, I was not dealing with it very well. And Carla ended up flying me out to North Carolina. Because I was doing bad. I was doing real bad. And it was around Christmas time when she flew me out there. And I, to this day, she'll mention something that we did. And I have no recollection and um, Chamika can attest to this that sometimes you block stuff out and it's just it's just blank. You don't have no memory of it. I, I and she, I'll be like, "Girl, we did that," because she was just trying to make me feel better, and you know she wanted me to be close, so she keep her eye on me. And I just, I'm just like, I don't remember. So that's that's how I was traumatized with with my miscarriage because after the miscarriage, and I got pregnant, you know, five years later. I wasn't sure that my body would be able to do it. And um, if you know someone who's had a miscarriage or if you've had one, you know that the baby that comes after a, a pregnancy loss is called the rainbow baby. So my daughter is my rainbow baby. And that, that part I would never, never change because I love that little girl. I felt like I had to be treated poorly because of the choice that I made to have an abortion and um, that showed in my relationships and how I chose people to be intimate with because of that particular trauma concerning the relationship, um, the abortion, the decision that I made. And um, also as in regards to the abortion, there's black spaces in my mind because I found out, and I'll never forget this part, I found out I was pregnant November 22nd, 2003, because I was with um, one of my close friends that um, I'd made in college, and we were just walking, we had went to the store, and I, we were going back to my apartment and taking stuff in, and it dawned on me that I hadn't got my period, and I'm like a clock, honey, I, I just was like, I'm pregnant. I'm going to take this test. I already know I'm pregnant because I'm never late. And I was pregnant. So I found out November 22nd, 2003, I was pregnant. And it was also um, my last semester of college. So I was going to be graduating December 13th, 2003. 
So I let the father know that I was pregnant and long story short, we had an abortion. Um, and why did I do it? If you're wondering, is because that's what he wanted. So I, my blank space with that is graduation because I just don't remember it. I, the only thing I remember from graduation is sitting at the end of my row, hoping that I could be focused enough when it was time for my row to go because I was the one leading my row, you know, up the aisle and across the stage. Um, and it was December 13th and the appointment was already set for December 16th. So I, at graduation, I was pregnant, but I knew I wasn't going to be staying pregnant. And so I don't, one of the, one of the biggest days in your life is college graduation and I just don't remember it. I, I don't remember getting up. I don't remember walking. I don't remember shaking nobody's hand or taking a photo, nothing. My mom threw me, um, a big graduation party. I don't, rem I, I know I was there, but I don't remember anything. I don't remember any of it. Um, and if it wasn't for pictures, I wouldn't know anything. Right. So that's, that's the trauma. And, um, after that abortion, I, I still didn't end things with that particular guy, but my, the way I felt about myself sexually just went even further down and it still um, played out for years. My feeling, my, my trauma surrounding the abortion played out for years as the, the people in our lives who found out later, they, it wasn't, it was the worst thing that they told me over it because I made the choice. It's not like a miscarriage where you're allowed to grieve. Um, abortion is treated differently. And so I was just trying to make myself get over it. And I was doing real bad. I was doing real, real bad. Like, and nobody knew. Um, nobody. Um, and so, and I just, I just got to the point where I did not care about myself, whether I lived or died. So I was at, I was just doing stuff, high risk behaviors and such. And so, um, so going now, the rapes are kind of intertwined and I did say rapes, plural, more than once. And contrary to popular belief, just because you dress a certain way doesn't give a man the right to put his hands on you and take from you what doesn't belong to him. And it burns me up, burns me up when people say, you know, well, you can't dress that way because then you're asking for it. Asking for what? Asking to be myself and to look good for myself? Like, what the hell? So, with one of the, with, with both with both rapes it wasn't strangers on the street these were me and i knew like fuck i knew them so a lot of people just feel like or think or assume because they're ignorant um that it's just strangers 
who rape women. Uh, no. It's people you know, people you trust. So with one of them, um, I did tell someone about it. And like the whole thing, like from, from the beginning to the end, like what I had on when he came over, like the whole thing. And so I'm telling the whole story. And the person that I was confiding in says, well, maybe you shouldn't have came to the door dressed like that. And what I, was I dressed like, you wonder? Well, since this person was somebody I was seeing, I went to the end. Everybody know I hate clothes. So I went to the, <laughs> went to the door wrapped up in a sheet because I knew it was him because he already knew he was coming over. So I went to the door wrapped up in a sheet. So the person who I talked told to talk to about my my that particular rape told me I should maybe I if I hadn't answered the door like that maybe he wouldn't have raped me or maybe if I hadn't already been saying yes all those other times that we had sex maybe he wouldn't have raped me like do you know what the hell that does to to, to somebody's emotional state like oh so this is my fault because I said yes before, and this particular night I said no, but then on top of that, I came to the door in an enticing way. That's a problem. And so, with that trauma, I, because um, it, 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 it was a compounded trauma because I had already experienced rape years before this one. And so, I was just like, I didn't know what to do. And I just internalized it, blamed myself, pushed it down, got into a deeper relationship with trauma. Um, my first rape, I was still in, I was still in high school and did not tell a soul. Well, I told one person, my best friend at the time. And that's the only person who ever knew for years and years and years and years. Um, and that, that person too was also a boyfriend was not a stranger on the street and um I'm trying to like after that one happened he called me the next day like nothing like he did absolutely nothing which made me feel like well maybe it wasn't rape but I clearly said no and I clearly was pushing him off and I mean you know but then it, it, I just kind of got um, I just kind of got a little confused because he called me like it, like nothing had happened, like everything was okay. And I did end up breaking it off with that boyfriend in high school. And, um, for years after that, when I would see him, I would just, I would just freeze up. He would be trying to speak and I'm just standing there like a damn deer in headlights because I, I will remember, I would just click and remember that night, right? And so I was, mm -mm, it was not good. And I actually did see him uh, late last year, I guess. And I didn't even recognize him. I kept looking at him like, because he's, I mean, it's been like 20 years. And I was like, I know this dude. Why he looks so familiar? And then when it dawned on me who it was, 
I didn't I didn't speak or nothing because so apparently he I guess he didn't recognize me either. I didn't speak or anything and um I was with my sister that day. She 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 didn't know. She if she's watching this live, she just now finding out about all um a lot of this. But um I was out with my sister that day when I when it clicked clicked who he was, I just without even thinking, y'all, I just slid closer to her. She it was it was very a very subtle movement but I knew what I was you know I knew I was moving closer to her for a reason but it wasn't so abrupt or um so grand of movement that she really noticed anything and my heart was racing and um you know I was ready to go now if he would have caught me some years and years earlier I might have would have just tried to run over him with the car but hey you know I grow <laughs> Um, and I'm laughing, but this is such a serious topic, y'all, I know. So those are those are my experiences with abortion, miscarriage, and and rapes. And they all show up with in the relationship I have with trauma. Like when you think that it's your fault when you that you were raped, that you had a miscarriage, you can't trust your body, or you made a choice to have an abortion and then don't don't have an abortion and then can't ever get pregnant again. That's sexual trauma, y'all, because it will play it will mess with your mind. Because I have I have worked with women with women who had abortions and then later, you know, when they were ready or when they wanted children, could not get pregnant, and so their trauma response and trauma thinking takes them back to that event that they are being punished because of that thing. So now, you know, they can't have a baby because they're being punished. And then that that thinking and those thoughts are often reinforced depending on your spiritual, religious upbringing, teachings, the leadership you're under, whatever. That can compound, reinforce, and cause more trauma. If you're told, yep, I bet you want to get another abortion. Now you can't have babies because, yeah, God don't like that. What? Oh, yeah, you just need to get over it because you made that choice. And um, you should be glad that God didn't snatched the breath out of you while you were at the clinic <sighs> y'all I maybe maybe it was just me but I don't think so because I've 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 shared this experience with with the women that I've worked with I <clears throat> I know that 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 um, spirit, spiritual upbringing teachings and all that stuff it matters to to what people say to you when you are trying to um, love God. If you're a Christian, or love who, whatever, you know. And then for somebody to say that you're being punished and you can't reproduce because you're being punished for an abortion that you had, you know, five, ten, one year ago, whatever, doesn't matter. That is not what you say. Seven years after my abortion, I went through a post-abortion class um, and it was Bible based it was basically a Bible study for uh, for women who'd had an abortion 
and being the church girl that I was, and we're going through the through this um through this curriculum, and of course it has scriptures. And I remember telling the facilitators, I said, this is not working for me. I know all these scriptures. I've read them. I've heard them. I'm not feeling any better. And, um, you know, I was in this class with several other women. And if you dropped out of the class, you had to tell essentially your sisters who experienced this why you were dropping out and I didn't want to leave them hanging so I stayed in the class I want to drop out I really did because I feel like it wasn't giving me what I needed because those same scriptures that they were using um, that were supposed to comfort me I had also heard those same scriptures to beat me up about about the abortion so I was just like not feeling it um, and I didn't get what I needed until the end of the Bible study and that was just, um, you know, getting some closure and knowing that somebody else other than me remembered that baby and loved that baby. Because the women in the class, we didn't know each other until the class, but we all knew each other's stories and we all grieved with each other for those babies, right? And so up, up until then, it was just me. It was just me because the father wasn't grieving the abortion um, and the, the people who later who had found out about it later, they didn't either. It was just, don't do it no more, you're going to hell. Um, y'all both going to hell if y'all get it together and y'all need to live right so that this baby that y'all killed can um, make it to heaven or something, which that never made sense to me, but whatever. When you experience these traumas, don't think that it's not a sexual trauma because it is. You have to, you, you're, you're, there's some sexual um, things going on in order to even get pregnant or in order for somebody to sexually assault you. Those are all sexual traumas. There's sexual things going on. And I want you guys to know that you can work through it and you can leave trauma. And once you leave trauma, there is going to be some work that you have to do once you're free. You're going to have to get to know who you are. You're going to get that. You're going to have to get to know your worth and your value. Those are all things that I had to do. Once I left the trauma behind and then, like I said earlier, it's like that boyfriend pops up like, hey, beautiful, uh-uh, don't do it, don't fall for it, don't let it do it to you. Don't go back to trauma. Even if it seems hard being free from trauma, it'll get better. It'll get easier. You can leave it for good. You can... Um, you will get the power to be like, no, I'm not hearing that. When you pop up in your inbox with the, hey, beautiful, W-I-D, like, screw that, right? Because you don't, you are not placed here on this, on this earth, in this realm, this physical realm to be tied up with trauma. We are supposed to live freely and blissfully and joyfully and happily and all that stuff. So you can leave trauma and it doesn't have to be um, something that you're bound to for life. Because trauma told me, and I believed it for a long time, you know, 
trauma told me that I needed it and that I couldn't be free of it and that we were so amazed when nobody was going to want me. It was just going to be me and trauma rocking for life and I believed it. And the reason I believed it is because if I couldn't trust anyone or anything in my life, I could trust trauma. But that's because that's all I had. So, and I knew what to expect from trauma, but it wasn't, that relationship wasn't healthy and I was trying to make it healthy. And, hold on y'all, but um, yeah, trauma will lie to you to keep you connected to it. And unlike, unlike the bars y'all, you got the key, there's help on the outside. You don't have to go back to trauma. In criminal justice, there's this um, there's this phrase, this terminology called insti um, institutionalization. And basically, that's when somebody has been locked up so long that when they get out, it's too much. The freedom is too much that they purposely commit something, commit a crime so that they can go back to to jail or to the pen, you know, they want to go back to being incarcerated. I don't want that to be y'all. I don't want y'all to be, um, get free of trauma and then get overwhelmed with the process of walking in that freedom and just go back because it's easier. I don't want that to happen to you guys. So you can definitely reach out to me, um, so that I can help you through this. And it does not have to just be about abortion or miscarriage or sexual assault because there are so many other sexual um, traumas and we carry it all. Um, we've discussed before about how women, as women, we're carriers and we carry things and they incubate and they grow and, you know, and we, re we receive things, you know, when we have sex with a man, we're receiving what they are giving us. So we can definitely work through all of that. I don't want you to be afraid to be free like I was for a long, long time. Just afraid to be free because trauma told me I couldn't be and that I shouldn't be. And that I'd come back if I was free. Don't let that be you guys. There's help. I'm here. Um, the group is here. I'm here for one-on-one -on -one support. We do have, you know, therapists in the group. We have each other in this group, right? And so I know this was a little heavy, but I hope that um, I said something that was helpful. I hope that I said something that made you think and um, helped you to view something in a different way in regards to sexual trauma. Um, because abortion and miscarriage are not often seen as sexual traumas. Hell, having a baby, that's traumatic. You know, your body goes through all kinds of changes. Your snap back might not be snapping. And then you're just feeling unattractive. And um, your libido drops because of how you're feeling. And, you know, it's trauma. The baby... That is not the trauma itself, but the trauma of your that it had on your body in your mind, you know. So even that, we can work through all of that 